Hey everyone, big news. Up Next in Commerce is now available for sponsorship. If you love this show and you, or maybe your company, or someone in your network that you know may want to reach an audience of supremely smart e-commerce leaders, then reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org and I'll give you all the juicy details around what our strategic partnerships look like. Email me at stephanie at mission.org and let's chat. We need to really be thinking about how do we build closer partnerships with our customers, really understand their challenges, really understand their pain points and work to resolve those. To force customers to continue to work in a mode that is not serving them anymore is not fruitful. In today's digital age, even the most traditional enterprises are moving processes online. Unfortunately, though, the shift to online is not as simple as turning on a faucet. Wolseley Canada is a leading wholesale distributor of plumbing, HVACR, and Waterworks products and earns more than $1 billion of revenue each year. Today, the company has one of the industry-leading B2B e-commerce sites, but getting to that point in their digital transformation hasn't been easy. Gail Kaufman, the Vice President of Marketing and E-Business at Wolseley Canada, dropped by Up Next in Commerce to walk us through how she has helped lead that movement online and the speed bumps they encountered on that journey. Gail explained the steps along the way, from building the initial backend infrastructure to the replatforming experience that happened as they learned more about their customers and what they needed from an online experience. But what did they need? And how did those needs affect the training of internal employees and the shift toward implementing AI? Everything is connected, and you'll find out how here. Enjoy this episode. Up Next in Commerce is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud. Respond quickly to changing customer needs with flexible e-commerce connected to marketing, sales, and service. Deliver intelligent commerce experiences your customers can trust across every channel. Together, we're ready for what's next in commerce. Learn more at salesforce.com slash commerce. Welcome to Up Next in Commerce. This is your host, Stephanie Postles, co-founder of mission.org. And today I have Gail Kaufman on the show, the Vice President of Marketing and E-Business at Wolseley Canada. Gail, welcome. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. It feels like you're so far away. Where are you calling in from? I am calling you from Burlington, Ontario, which is just about a half an hour southwest of Toronto. Ooh, I think you're our first guest on the show that's calling in from that area. What's the weather like? Perfect. It's beautiful out. We had a little rain last night. It's cooled down a little bit, but we've definitely been experiencing some very, uh, what I would call South Florida weather recently. So, Ooh, rain. Something I miss here in California. My two-year-old always asks, like, when will it rain? And he always brings out his umbrella. I'm like, I don't know. Don't ask me. (laughs) So, Wolseley, I saw that you worked there for over 14 years, and that was really intriguing. And I really wanted to kind of hear about what that journey has been like. Like, how what is Wolseley to start? And then tell me a bit about your role and how it's transformed over the years. Okay. Well, Wolseley Canada is a leading wholesale distributor of plumbing, HVAC car, and waterworks products. We have about... 200 or so locations coast to coast, 2,500 employees. Um, And we are part of Ferguson PLC, which is the world's largest trade distributor of plumbing and heating products. So very large organization in North America. And we are listed on the London Stock Exchange and on the uh, FTSE 100 index. So that's a little bit 
overview very of large the company. company. Yeah, very large company. Um, so yes, I have been with Wolseley for a number of years and the role has uh, really evolved since then. Uh, I started as director of marketing and since that time, I've taken on uh, a variety of different uh, responsibilities under uh, still within marketing, obviously, but the scope has uh, ebbed and flowed and expanded over the years. In 2009 was when I got involved with the e-commerce piece uh, at Wolseley. The platform uh, previously sat in uh, business development. And mm-hmm. then it was moved over to marketing. And at, at that time, we had had a very long-standing relationship with a digital agency who really pretty much drove the development uh, in the day-to-day management. And so when we really started to get serious about e-business, it really made sense to transition that over uh, into marketing, where, you know, where we could really sort of wrap it into our value proposition uh, for our customers and give it the right focus. And so obviously uh, that was a really great opportunity for me too. So that was really where uh, my engagement with e-business started. Very cool. And was this something that you were starting to get interested in before they were making that switch? Or was it kind of like you were thrown into it after they're like, yep, here you go, you're gonna take this whole business and it's coming into marketing, it's all yours. Um, You know, I would say it was interesting because, you know, the world had started to change. Certainly in our channel, uh, e-commerce was not prevalent, but, mm-hmm. you know, certainly sitting in marketing, it was like, you know, we need to do something here. Um, so when I was given the opportunity to take that, it was, it was good. <laughs> it was, it was a nice development for me. And I felt like we could really do something important with it. And it was really, is a direction that we needed to move in. And I thought I was in a good position to do something with it. Yeah, that's great. So just to make sure I fully understand how were customers buying from you all before 2009? And then what did it look like afterwards? Because I haven't bought a HVAC unit recently. So I'm trying to think about how that worked for you guys. So in a very traditional fashion, our customers would uh, interact with us through an outside sales rep or uh, in a branch. Before 2009, we had we did have a presence online, but it wasn't fully transactional. So there was a website um, someone could place an order, but in fact, they weren't really placing an order uh, because it wasn't fully transactional on the back end. So 2009 is when we really you know, got serious about having a fully integrated platform. So before then, it was really coming into a branch, calling a sales rep, right? And that's, and that's still very much um, how many uh, wholesalers continue to operate. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say for this industry, I can imagine... Uh, the people who are in this business getting used to, you know, doing things the way they always have. Like I always buy from this one company, I go into the store and they place a big order for me. How much education was involved when you started introducing online ordering? Like what did, what did it take behind the scenes to change that consumer behavior to say like, Hey, we have a platform now go here instead. Well, that's a great question. And certainly one that, um, that comes up a lot. And I can tell you it's been a journey, but Invariably, when this comes up, you know, talking about engagement of our customers, I I always have to say, first and foremost, this is really about engaging our own associates. So it's making sure um, that they really understand the value proposition, that they are comfortable, that they are proactive in 
talking about Wolseley Express, really understanding how it impacts the customer from a convenience and efficiency standpoint. So that is a very large piece of work unto itself. Um, you know, we recently did a survey with our customers and they indicated that the number one reason they tried the platform was because their salesperson recommended it. So that's a very influential relationship. So mm -hmm. it's really important, uh, not just for our outside sales reps, but also for our branch associates. They have really strong relationships with our customers. So it's really about how do we, how do we start making uh, e-commerce and promoting Wolseley Express, just part of what we do, right? We're really great about talking about products. We're really comfortable with talking about pricing and competitive pricing, but it's like, how do we start to expand the conversation around value in other ways, right? Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. What was the process like trying to retrain your employees who have maybe been used to, you know, something a certain way to then start being like, hey, make sure you also, you know, mention this. And this is the way we do business now. Like, what was that training process like? You know, it's it's an ongoing training process. And it, it's really about giving them a level of comfort with the platform. They certainly don't need to be experts, but they really need to understand the why. So, you know, we have to look at different types of customers there's different features that that may resonate with some customers over other customers. Um, so there's there's training, uh, there's coaching on how to have conversations. I think we have a, a pretty good approach to it actually because it's very holistic. We're providing you the training, we're providing you the why. You know, we've got a number of different tools um, that we provide, and we also really dig into our data and and help them really understand. You know the different types of customers, who we would consider high potential customers, why we consider them high potential customers. And ultimately it's about A, identifying the customers and helping them have those conversations. So that's working down through our sales management network and our, our branch network. So it's a very multifaceted process. It's very hands-on. The other thing I didn't mention is we've talked about, you know, sort of the on-site experience and, you know, sort of the why Wolseley Express is so helpful to a customer from a convenience standpoint and efficiency standpoint. But there's also, which I should mention, is the whole training around the fulfillment piece, right? Mm -hmm. So if they have a great experience on site, that's good. But if something falls down in the fulfillment part of the program where um, I didn't get the material or I didn't get the material when I was expecting to get it, that's a whole other area that we we've spent a lot of time with our operations people to really make sure that that, you know, that we're closing the loop on that. So that's, that's another piece. What parts of fulfillment did you invest in heavily that you saw the largest improvements from? System training, right? When a web order comes in, this is what it looks like. This is where you look for on the sales order to make sure that every step of the way that people were picking up the orders because the way that when an order prints out, um, you know, it's, it's sort of in with all the other orders, right? That's the way mm -hmm. it works. So, you know, we need to make sure that we, that we prioritize these, that someone's looking for them, that someone is, because we're not keying in the orders. We want to make sure that they don't get lost along the way. So the fulfillment is not much different other than the order, the order comes in the same way. But, you know, in the early days, it was kind of strange because, you know, all these orders print out, right? So the people that are responsible for, you know, the customer, they'll pick off their own orders. Yep. Like that one goes first. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because the 
because they're talking to that person either on the phone, maybe they're talking to them across. So there's this human interaction that's happening. But when you all of a sudden get this order that shows up, these orders were being sort of just left. Well, that's not mine. Well, yeah, it, it is yours. It's everybody's. So, <laughs> so that's, you know, sort of the foundational stuff that we had to address, you know, at that mm-hmm. level, right? To make sure that all of these orders were, were getting processed with, with excellence. So when I think about wholesalers and industrial wholesalers, I don't really think about typical companies investing a lot in like the user experience and making sure, I mean, you were mentioning like convenience and having a good user experience on the site. Do you think there's an opportunity for disruption in this field? And how are you guys going about that to make sure that your customers are getting the best experience on the site that's also maybe translating to like a higher AOV each time? Well, I think it's about knowing your customers, right? And so what we've been doing, I would say over the past three to four years, we have invested a significant time and effort into our customer experience program, right? So that gives us a real-time pulse on our customers. We use Net Promoter Score. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a very common way for companies to measure customer uh, experience. So we are always um, constantly looking at MPS, reporting on it. Um, we have a wealth of insights that we derive from that. And then we take all of that feedback. Of course, some of it's relating to online, some of it's not. But it's, re- it's really about taking that feedback, closing the loop on it, and then really being aware of sort of those you know, overarching themes that are emerging. And then how do we, how do we address some of those uh, through operational improvements? So what was that replatforming experience like? What drove you to want to replatform in the first place? And what was it like? There were some core enhancements we want to make to address speed. Um, a lot of it was, was relating to uh, the architecture of the site. So there were some things that we needed to do to improve speed. Um, responsive design was certainly one of those things. Um, so it was a real large project. Um, and at this point as well, we took the development uh, in-house at that time too, right? So we have a great working relationship with our IT group here. So, so how my group operates is, you know, we are working with the customers. We've got the infield sort of feedback loop working really well. We really drive uh, the training and the education and the activation efforts and all of the all of the insights that we get. We you know, have regular uh, engagement with our IT team. And it's really, we have a massive development list as everybody who, who has a site does. Um, and, you know, we're just, you know, working through it, you know, taking into consideration the priorities of the business, what's happening with our customers, and then working with our, with our RT partners to bring this stuff to life. So that was another uh, major piece of this replatforming allowed us to bring all of this stuff in-house, which ultimately gives us much more flexibility uh, to, to manage what's happening. And of course, we go out and we grab, you know, all of the cloud-based solutions that, that, you know, enable it to do what we need it to do. But anyways, but so how we did this, it, it was, um, I don't know, I think it was like 18 months start to finish, which was pre- a pretty good clip for a project yeah. of this size. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, became the re-education process, um, again, starting internally. So we did a coast-to-coast roadshow, and I think we had about uh, eight different markets where we went into and, and really, you know, try to do some pretty in-depth workshops uh, with our own teams, you know, so to really give them insight into what the changes were, 
most importantly, why we were doing them and what this meant for our customers, which was all good news. And so, yeah, so that's when we went responsive and that's when we um, eliminated the app. Very cool. So earlier we were talking about, um, I mean, replatforming and all that. Is there anything that like you changed that we were like, this had the biggest driver of, you know, like results or conversions or something like any technologies you implemented or that you built in-house or um, anything during the replatforming process that you can attribute to like having the most impact on the business? When we replatformed, we we actually changed up the whole user experience, right? So we we really uh, spent a lot of time. We engaged um, some experts in, in that field and to really help us make sure that it, it became a much easier to navigate, right? When customers hit a site, they don't want to have to try to figure it out. They want it to be easy to navigate. They want it to be intuitive. So I would say how we organize the information. Uh, one of the things we did, we created a, a My Wolseley page. So when you come into the site, you know, My Wolseley page is all there and it has really, it's really well organized. It shows all your quotes, all of your um, previous orders. Uh, you know, there's a little piece there on credit, all of your lists, all your draft orders, everything, right? It's all in one spot. And I would say that was, that was um, a major step forward in terms of ease of use for our customers. So that I would call that out as one major thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I've heard, especially when it comes to the B2B side of e-commerce, having it so that a customer can log in and just hit reorder, or if they you know, put in one piece of pipe, hey, look at me, I sound like I know what I'm talking about. And then it says, <laughs> you should also order this as well, like add this to your cart too, because you definitely need this if you're going to be using this pipe. Uh, just thinking of ways to not only increase the order value, but also just help the customer so they don't, you know, have a delivery come and then be like, oh no, now I don't have the key piece and now I have to wait another week for, you know, a couple screws to come in or whatever it may be. So I think that's a really important point about making it easy to use. Absolutely. So you just brought up, um, you just prompted something. So when you're talking about, you know, customers also bought or did you remember, you know, that's a really important um, part of it. So we have uh, formed a partnership with the University of Toronto, mm -hmm. who um, are real leaders in the uh, artificial intelligence space. And so we actually have been working with them for a couple of years and uh, just recently have um, implemented AI on Wolseley Express. And that is really helping us um, with the recommendation engine. That's interesting. Partnering with a university. Tell me a little bit more about that like did you give them a bunch of your data where they kind of uh like ran it through the models and trained the models for you guys or what was that uh partnership like uh well the partnership is on ongoing and yes so we thought you know who better to engage with than people are really really involved in in ai to the extent that they are right so we didn't exactly know what we were going to do with it, but we, we do know, you know, there's a lot of different applications for AI. So it was like, gosh, you know, well, how would, how would this apply to our business? So this was a real obvious one. We have, you know, massive amounts of data. So we did share our data with them and, uh, and where we landed on uh, the, the project that we used as a landing off spot was, you know, we really want to improve the recommendation engine that we have. So that, that was a project that was chosen. Like I said, we just um, unleashed that uh, just recently, a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, and so we're working on, um, on other opportunities with them as well. There's, there's, there's other places that AI could be really helpful to us. 
Yeah, that sounds like such a fun um, project to not only partner with someone like that who is probably cutting edge and try, like wants to try a bunch of experiments, but then also maybe starting to see some of the early results coming in where you're like, whoa, I never knew that, you know, just showing people these two items instead of this one could result in a 50% increase in order size or something. Is there any early results you're seeing right now or not yet? Um, the early results, and they're really early results, but but definitely we are seeing, uh, because it's now starting to serve up, you know, more relevant products, right? Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a lot more clicks, like a lot more. Um, so it, yeah, significant uh, short term. So, you know, we, we've got, uh, we need a lot more data under our belt than we currently have. But I think the early indications are, is that it's you know, starting to work. Yeah, that's really cool. When you're implementing these new technologies like this and, you know, you did your replatforming, what kind of metrics do you look at on a maybe weekly basis to make sure that things are going well? Like, what are your success metrics that you check in on? Well, I would say at the highest level, at the very, very highest level, we were looking at customer engagement, specifically the percent of customers registered, connecting and transacting at the highest level. We have thousands of customers and it's like, we really want to ensure that we are engaging them, um, at least making sure that they are aware uh, of Wolseley Express's existence, uh, how we believe it can help them uh, from a convenience and efficiency standpoint. And then, you know, hopefully they will try it because it, it's really a win-win when they do, right? So for them, it's convenience and efficiency. But when customers get engaged online, we see always higher average order values and higher year-over-year growth. It never fails, right? So that's sort of at the highest level. So we would say, you know, we, we're going to target a, a certain percentage of sales. Now, you know, we're getting a little more um, nuanced with that. So, you know, we've improved our site analytics. So, you know, looking through our site analytics, uh, transactional data, segmentation data, you know, we're really getting very, very granular. And again, working through our whole sort of uh, ecosystem here at Wolseley and all of what Google Analytics has to offer, but we're really going to understand at a granular level uh, what customers are taking advantage of what features. Uh, you know, and again, we talked, we, we know there's certain things that resonate with certain customer types, and then we will be actively, uh, you know, promoting that to them. It's really about engagement for us, right? So, but, and we have a lot of data. Our data is very well organized. So it's really about using that data and then using that to really uh, finally target uh, opportunities within our business. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It also seems like your customers would be pretty sticky. Like once they order once with you guys, it seems like you would have uh, a pretty reliable customer there who's going to keep coming back if they did it once and had a good experience. Yeah, totally. It is It is very sticky. Um, and And again, there's different things or features uh, that resonate with different customer types, but absolutely, because it's, it makes it easy, right? And basically, Wolseley Express is a virtual branch. It is open 24-7. So I want to shift a bit because I know marketing is your background and we haven't gotten to touch on that yet. So I was hoping to shift there and hear a little bit about um, what kind of marketing are you, like campaigns are you most excited about right now? What are you looking to do? Like, how are you making sure that Wolseley is found um, by the people in the field who are looking around for a solution. So we have really uh, been ramping up our digital efforts, I would say, over the past couple of years. We have what we call our marketing e- ecosystem. So 
um, we have an instance of Salesforce that we use, which contains uh, data from our ERP, which contains uh, data from our customer experience platform, which contains all of our customer segmentation data, of course, all of our transactional data, um, all the customer feedback. So everything that we know about a customer is kind of an, it, it's in one place. And then, and then we've uh, hooked that up to our marketing automation software. So cool. what, what I'm most excited about is that we can get very, very targeted uh, with all the information that we have on customers with what we know about what they buy, with what we know about because of the type of customer they are, what they could potentially be buying. You know, those are the things that, that are most exciting to me now because we can get really, really granular with our marketing efforts. Are there any, um, maybe I guess more traditional models that you guys are relying on? Because I'm thinking, you know, for people who are working and like, all day, maybe they don't touch a computer, which sounds very weird to me because I feel like I'm only on a computer. But for people who maybe aren't doing that throughout the day, are there different methods that you're relying on to get in front of them? Like the business owners who are heads down, you know, working in whatever field they're in? Yep, absolutely. And so everything we do, we try to we try to syndicate it across multiple touch points, right? So if they're in the branch, we have digital signage in the branch. We will use, you know, traditional type of collateral in the branch. We have training is really, really important with our customers, very important. So we will partner with vendors and we will, del we will have like many trade shows. We will have events at our branches where, well, when we could do that, you know, pre-COVID, uh, mm -hmm. we had a lot of in-person events, which really center around training, which is highly valued by customers and, and uh, you know, it's an ongoing endeavor. So those are the type of things that we would typically focus on. And, you know, and then there's, you know, the other kind of things that happen in our industry too, incentive trips, you know, things of that nature. But we're really kind of moving away. Um, not that we will ever eliminate those things, but, you know, it's really about how can we really address uh, the needs of customers. Training is a big thing. Uh, getting the right information into their hands around products, right? Yep suggesting products, uh, new products, time-saving products. Another piece that's really exciting is we've just sort of created a, a new sort of way of working with vendors that we can really be first to market with new and innovative products, right? So uh, that's, you know, being out in, in the hands of our customers. So, you know, digitally getting messaging into their hands in the branch, getting the same messaging, you know, having, you know, merchandising that that syncs up with that, having training events that sync up with that. So it's really about taking um, a holistic approach to everything that we're doing. So, you know, this never one thing, there is no such thing as a silver bullet. So it's like, how do you make all these things synchronize well together? Yeah, I love the idea of training. That just seems like one, you're of course helping the business owner or company who's like, I need to learn how to do this, but it's also probably going to have them also buy your product that you're using while, while showing the training. And I'm guessing you see a higher percentage of people who took your trainings buy something afterwards. Yeah, but in, you know, we're, we're just really starting to sort of wrap this all together, right? But it, it does make sense where you spend the time and effort is generally where you see the results. So it's really a, just about getting a nice sort of cohesive approach. We measure everything. We, <laughs> we use data up front to determine what we should be doing. And then we, and then we analyze everything uh, after the fact. We, in fact, one of the other things we just have started doing, uh, this is not um, edge of your seat, leading edge marketing, but it's a digital flyer. 
And these things are really, it's very time consuming and quite laborious to, to have a steady stream of offers that are going out. So we just launched something called Deal Drop and it features about a dozen products. It changes up bi-weekly and that allows us to really showcase particular products with our, with our key vendor partners. Um, you know, that is all supported in branch, you know, sometimes with displays or, or other types of collateral. Yeah, so we ju- we just started that, and that uh, is something that we will be you know continuing to refine over time as we as we get more and more data and feedback from that. I wanted to hear a little bit about um, your rebranding of the thirteen Wolseley owned companies and putting them under Wolseley Canada. I wanted to hear a bit about how you went about that, why you need like why they needed to be rebranded, and what that was like. That's a good question. So we did that. I want to say in twenty fourteen, but so Wolseley Canada grew um, very much, you know, it was a collection of businesses, a lot of acquisitions in there, so which is why we ended up with all of these different brands. But it was a very, very fragmented. So, you know, we weren't consistently presenting the Wolseley name in terms of the look, the feel, everything was very disjointed. So we said, okay, now is the time to clean this all up to, you know, to really tell the Wolseley story, make sure we're presenting it appropriately, that we're making sure everyone can talk to the brand and, and, that, and that we can really maintain the integrity of the messaging, the look and the feel. So we had worked through um, several concepts um, in terms of, you know, what would this look like? And, and a lot of the effort was really around uh, signage. There was a large signage component to it, you know, so all of the things that you would see in a branch, so the signage on the branch, the we introduce window wrappings, um, trucks, you know, vehicles on the road. Because one of the things that was kind of interesting is like no, people wouldn't possibly be familiar with the name, but had no idea what we did, right? So, mm-hmm. so what we were trying to do is really educate within the market, you know, w- across Canada. You know, this is what Wolseley does. This is who we are. So we ended up coming up with a very, I think, very simple sort of approach um, framework. So how do we identify our businesses? So always the big Wolseley, always the big W. And then we used a very simple sort of approach to uh, this is a waterworks branch. This is an industrial branch. This is a plumbing branch. This is an HVAC branch. So we wanted a nice umbrella system, something very simple that would allow all of our businesses to tuck under it, but maintain that consistency. So we came up with the the branding system in conjunction with an agency, Um, you know, a lot of collaboration with the executive team at the time to to really make sure that we came up with the right um, program. And then it really became uh, working very closely with our businesses, uh, first and foremost, to execute something of this scale. So you know, finding partners in the regions, uh, working very closely with our real estate team here. And, you know, we just, we had a very good project plan and we got this um, project done. And again, I think it was within like 12 months. It it happened. We got it done pretty quickly, pretty well organized, paid a lot of attention to the communications. You know, we had to manage through all that kind of logistics with it. And of course, our customers, you know, making sure that our customers um, understood what was going on. And at the end of the day, 
you know, they were still going to be getting the same great service from the people that they knew and loved. So nothing was really going to change from a service perspective. But that was a concern, right? Um, and it was interesting because, you know, we had long-term employees that worked for some of the companies that were re- rebranding. So it was really, uh, I would say that was, there was a really emotional component with that. You know, you're taking away the company that I work for, but even though they worked for Wolseley and they had for, you know, 20 or 25 years in some cases. So we had to sort of manage to that emotional component too. And um, so at the end of the day, it was, it was a very large project, but, but it came off beautifully. And, you know, to, I think, a really nice sort of happening after this was uh, our counterparts in uh, the UK uh, went through a similar exercise a couple of years ago, and they ended up adopting our branding. Oh, interesting. Yeah, for Wolseley UK. So that was, uh, that was nice. It kind of reminds me of the reverse of, you hear this trend right now of the unbundling of everything. I don't know if you've heard about this, but it started with like Craigslist and how Craigslist got unbundled and they highlighted like this part's next door, this part is Tinder, this part, they were like pulling about how like Craigslist got unbundled and now it's happening with Reddit. And it sounds like you guys actually kind of took the reverse direction of bundling up your offerings to make it more cohesive. So there's not like a dozen websites out there where it's like plumbing, you go here and HVAC, you go here. Right. Were there any lessons that you would remember or that you would advise someone who's maybe thinking about this like similarly? I think my bias has always been unless there is a really compelling reason to have this fragmentation, like maybe if you make an acquisition and they really have a very strong and unique value proposition um, with great market share, you might want to leave that alone. We talk often about, you know, one Wolseley. And that's really about creating more cohesion within our business units too, right? So uh, an example of that is how over the last few years, two or three in particular, there's been uh, a lot of progress made. So if you think about plumbing contractors, they often do HVAC as well, right? Those are two things that often coexist. So why are we making them go to two different places? Why can't they just come into one place, get everything they need, one transaction? It's easy, right? What our contractors care most about, it's saving time, time and efficiency. We hear that constantly, right? So we have to be very aware that, you know, time is money to them and anything we can do to respect that and make it easy for them, that's what we need to do. Yeah, I love that. It was a good principle in life in general. Time is of the essence. Mm-hmm. So to zoom out a little bit um, into a more general e-commerce and like the wholesale industry, what do you think wholesalers like B2B wholesalers right now are missing? Like, what are they missing the mark on? What could they improve on? Um, What do you see happening in the industry where you think that they're behind or could improve on? You know, I think it's about adding value, right? I think it's about really understanding your cut, just, just what we were talking about, right? Um, I think we need uh, to really be thinking about how do we build closer partnerships with our customers, really understand their challenges, really understand their pain points, and work to resolve those. And, and we, are, we are actively doing that to, to force customers to continue to work in a mode that is not serving them anymore is not fruitful. So, for example, uh, in our industry, you know, there's a labor shortage. Yep. So, you know, finding skilled trades is really, it's difficult and there's not a good pipeline coming up. So, 
uh, I think, you know, knowing that, you know, what are some of the solutions we can come up with? How can we, how can we, you know, expand our services? How can we better support our customer base knowing that this is a challenge? One of them is by having time saving, um, you know, more convenient options like Wolseley Express, because nothing upsets a contractor more than having their people in our branches unnecessarily. So it's like, how do we really understand uh, our customer's experience? And then, and how can we best uh, help resolve that? So I think e-commerce certainly solves a lot of things, doesn't solve everything because we have various touch points with the customer. But I think that's, that's a key thing. Digital is a really important component. Yeah, I love that. Earlier, you just mentioned about the um, lack of skills around like the trade industry. And I know you hosted a panel on the future of the workforce. And I was wondering how you think we're going to be able to fill that gap or what efforts do you see needing to happen behind the scenes to make sure that, you know, those roles are filled? There's an organization in Canada called the Canadian Institute of Plumbing and Heating. We also have counterparts in the U.S., but one of the mandates of CIPH, of which I'm currently the chair of, of the national board, um, is advocacy with governments, right? So promoting the need with skilled trades, getting the funding, uh, really advocating with the government to invest in this particular area. That's that's one thing. Um, but I think in general, thinking about the traditional model of, you know, sales reps, for example, right? A sales rep, when they're having a conversation with a customer, it, it'll be more consultant-like, right? Yep. It's really about, you know, let me understand your business. I'm more of a partner. So I think the role of sales as we have known it is evolving. And, and I think that's a major, a major shift, right? There's a lot of stuff that, that a salesperson has done in the past that can be um, shifted to self-serve, right? I don't need to call my sales rep when I need a price or I need to know if you've got inventory, right? I, that's easy enough to do through a platform like Wolseley Express. But if I'm really trying to think, if I need product advice, if I'm working through a project and I really need help, I need to understand the, you know, maybe the best brands, the best products, um, I need special delivery, you know, whatever. If it needs to be bagged and tagged differently, then that's really where um, I think the role of sales is is changing and, and inside sales. So I think those are sort of the impacts that we'll see uh, going forward. Yep. That's a really good point. I like thinking about how if you transition the mentality of the salesperson to be more of like a partner, like you mentioned, like partnering with you on this project, let me help guide you on this, not only on the products, but also maybe best practices. Like they're going to start viewing this person as someone that, you know, they trust and then they obviously will want to buy from and learn from as well. Right. Yeah. So is there anything that you were hoping I would ask that I did not before we move on to the lightning round? I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of territory. Well, all right. If nothing comes to mind, I can move on to the lightning round. Okay, let's do it. All right. The lightning round is where I ask you one question and you have a minute or less to answer. Are you ready, Gail? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's up next on your travel destination when you can get out and travel again? My travel destination, probably London. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do in London? Well, let me tell you about the last time I was in London, and and that's what I would like to replicate. So the last time I was in London, um, I've always wanted to see a concert in the Royal Albert Hall. And specifically, I always wanted to see Eric Clapton at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh So I will be looking to see another concert someplace in the UK. Oh, fun. Hopefully soon. All right. 
if you were to have a podcast, what would the topic be about and who would be your first guest? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it would probably be music related because I am a, I'm a huge music fan. So if I was going to have a podcast, I would probably want to speak to uh, someone whose music that I enjoy. And I, I may want to speak to someone like Joe Bonamassa. There you go. I would listen to that. That sounds great. <laughs> what's up next on your reading list? I don't have a specific what's up next, but I can tell you I go between genres. I go okay. um, between like I'm currently reading and um, I don't even want, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. <laughs> now I really want to hear it. <laughs> I am rereading because I, so, so I love music. I love blues and blues rock music. So uh, I met an author recently who wrote about Stevie Ray Vaughan and I read that book and same author, co-authored a book on the Allman Brothers, which I'm currently rereading. So I go between that type of thing um, to business books Um, to self-help books periodically. So I have a few things in rotation and every now and then I'll just throw in some, um, some candy fiction, beach read type of stuff. Yeah, Cool. All right. The last question, slightly harder, but you can do it, Gail. What one thing will have the biggest impact on e-commerce in the next year? Oh gosh. Okay. So I don't know if I can answer this in a minute. In in our, I'm I'm thinking about uh, from a Wolsey perspective, we are Mm -hmm. uh, undergoing really a modernization of our ERP by reducing and reallocating resources that are currently, you know, spent on infrastructure, right? So we're transitioning our whole omni-channel to more of a headless architecture. So I think, you know, there's some really exciting things happening around data, you know, moving to a new master data management system where we've got one version of the truth uh, that feeds all of our systems, all of our channels. Um, So that you know, as we are, go along that journey, that is going to have an incredible impact on us. I think so that, and I think some learnings from COVID too have been really, really great. So I think one of the learnings that we've taken from COVID is um, obviously we've seen a, a bump in our um, online engagement, but we didn't really anticipate the power of curbside. We always had express oh. pickup, but mm-hmm. curbside, like we never ask customers, you know, would you rather not ever come into a branch? But when we were forced to lock our customers out of our branches, uh, fortunately, we're, we were still able to serve customers because we were deemed essential. But it has been amazing, uh, the customer's response to curbside. So now we are really looking to formalize curbside, right, to make sure that we are executing it consistently um, across the country and providing a high quality of service every time. And, you know, this has implications for, you know, the ability to to text into the branch and, you know, have uh, the parking spots available and all that kind of stuff. So I think that is a, is a big development for us uh, in, you know, formalizing it uh, in the, in the coming months. Ooh, that's a really good one. And it's contactless. So, I mean, we've been learning, uh, you know, more about this over the last, you know, what, three months. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that one. It brings so many questions into my mind about like, what do these branches look like? Do you even need, you know, branches that are customer friendly if people aren't really going in them anymore? And like you said, how does that flow of traffic look like? Like so many things that could change and efficiencies that could maybe be gained from all of that. Absolutely. We are, are, I mean, we're always thinking about, you know, about our branch network and, and opportunities to sort of change that up, you know, so that's always something that's, that's under uh, examination. But 
I think now we are being even a little more bold about how we're thinking about it. You know, what what is going to happen in a branch is going to be compelling enough to have a customer come in and how do we want to use that space differently? Well, it sounds like we will have to bring you back for a round two then <laughs> once you guys Absolutely. have figured that out. Well, Gail, this has been such a pleasure having you on the show. Um, where can people find out more about you and Wolseley? Um, I would encourage you to visit our website, wolseleyinc.ca. Cool. Thanks so much for coming on. And like I said, we'll have to have you back. This was a blast. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Up Next in Commerce is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud and created by the team at mission.org. Subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.